0: Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with a message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational.
1: Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Dr. Carl Williams with Terry Reed and Ed all directors for the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We're here to reassure you that you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Today we're still interviewing Richard Stepanik from Alpha Omega. You may have heard some of his other programs about the Star of Bethlehem and about the manger in which Jesus was laid. Now we're going to talk about another topic, and that is about apostasy that's oftentimes taught in seminaries. Richard, what's your experience with that?
2: Yes. Again, uh, not only does Alpha Omega teach and go around the United States to teach on creation, but we also go to foreign countries. We've been to a number of foreign countries. And it was going back to 2008. I was teaching in a church in Salt Lake City, and I was teaching on creation. And there was one of the people there at the church who all did some missionary work in this foreign country. And he said, Rich, the people in this country would like to hear what you say. And he said, would you go to this country? And I said, yeah. And this guy was very gracious. He said, I will finance your trip if you go. I went and taught in mostly in seminaries. And I went to this one seminary. is a very high, it was a six-year, if I remember right, seminary. And when I was going in the seminary, I was assuming that they would teach a literal six-day creation, young earth, and worldwide flood. But that's not what I ran into. I didn't realize that when I got there teaching, it took me three days to realize that they did not teach a literal six-day creation. They were teaching evolution, and they taught the gap theory. And I don't know if you understand what the gap theory is.
1: It's kind of like sticking billions of years in between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2.
2: That's correct. They got Satan's fall in there, and the Satan's flood, a pre-edemic race, and dinosaurs, you know, that all <laughs> died in there. a lot of there. words
1: for between a dot and a
2: <laughs> yeah. letter. So basically if you're a gap theorist, you really don't believe in literal six-day creation. There was a pre-creation. Then that was destroyed. And then the six days is actually not a recreation. It's a remaking of what God created. So basically, you have this pre-creation, and then you have a remaking of it. So, And how I found that out is as I'm teaching there, these students were asking all these questions. and And I wasn't getting anywhere. I mean, I couldn't get anything done. I was there just asking questions and questions and questions. And And about three days into it, I realized, oh, only a person who believes in a gap theory would ask these type of questions. So I said, oh, no. So I had to back up, undermine, again, undermine evolution and and unmind the gap theory. And when I did that, these these students were really confused because everything they taught now, I just undermined. So then I went into Genesis and I start teaching right out of Genesis and start looking at the words and what they mean and everything like that. And And when these students found out that Genesis is literally true, there is no evolution, they were super excited. You cannot believe the excitement. It was almost like as I'm teaching this, as I see their eyes begin to twinkle, I can see their continents change. I can see a burden lift off their back because evolution is very oppressing. And I've got stories in other countries that I'll talk about in another session here. But so, So I'm teaching there, and as they realize, these students realize that Genesis is true history, they are super excited and they want to know more. And one of the things I discovered, too, when I was there teaching is these students are taught all these different views of Scripture, because my translators will also be students. So I spend a lot of time with some of these students and going through programs and things, and they want to know. So you had to retrain the translator before you could retrain the students. That's right. We spend a lot of time just training translators so they can understand these concepts, Mm -hmm. so they can teach it, so they can rightly translate that to their Mm -hmm. students. And we discovered that when we went to, just to give an example, we went to Russia and So we're going to Russia and we're teaching on the scientific information. Well, a lot of the translators are only really taught just kind of conversational type of English or translation English and not so much the scientific stuff. So if one of the first days I was there talking to the translators, I mean, you could just see their eyes just glazing over. They're not getting any of it. It took us one whole day to teach one (laughs) topic. So they would understand the concepts so they could teach. And that's the same thing in these other countries, because a lot of these concepts are new. Because a lot of them were taught evolution. Every country I went to, they all teach evolution. It's a worldwide... Sickness? Sickness. Uh Yeah, there you go. Perfect. And once they understood... Pandemic? (laughs) (laughs) Once they understood that Genesis is what it says, Mm -hmm. they were excited. And it's like, oh, this is how we read and interpret Scripture. A lot of these other ideas are not true because they were always living in confusion. They said, Rich, Nobody here teaches like you. You teach what the Word of God says, because this basically it's this is what it says. And over there, they are allegorizing and spiritualizing. And this guy has this view because this is his viewpoint of the allegory. This is, has this view of the spiritual, and so on. And I came out of a church that taught that that Genesis one through eleven mythology, so you never knew what was true. You know, this guy had this guy idea. This guy had this idea. But if you read it for what it says, you really can't go wrong. This is what it says. I think what a lot of people miss, what they don't understand, is all of these ideas like Darwinian evolution. And the Big Bang Theory and all of that have a starting assumption that the Bible is not true. And I think that's what people don't know. Right right. They're trying to, to think, come up with another idea of how God did it. But this is the way, you know, when you study the stars and God's power is I teach through Genesis. And in this country, I teach through Genesis, not so much my science. And why I teach through Genesis is we travel to these other villages where they haven't been taught a lot of science. So if I teach my science information, I, I lose a lot of people. They don't understand. But if I'm teaching through Genesis, they can read along in their Bibles. And I add scientific information as I'm going through Genesis chapter one. What is the science that God's doing on day one? What's it doing on day two, day three? And so, they can understand. They grasp it when we teach the signs through Genesis. And so when we get to day four, we look at star formation. God made the stars, which means stars can't make themselves. God has to make them. And so when we look at the star formation and the power it takes to make a star and then move it in its place, we're talking power that I can't understand. And when you have a being in the universe that has this much power, you don't question what he says. If he says six days, yeah, six days. If he says Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation, it's the only way. I mean, you don't question a person that has this much power. And when you take a look at the knowledge he was must have to make a human being. If you look at the chemistry that's taking place in your cells, it is
1: mind-boggling. You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Carl Williams, The Interrupter, with Terry Reed and Ed Zalzwedel. If you'd like to learn more, please go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A S-A-B-B-S-A.org. O-R-G. Today we're talking with Richard Stepanik from Alpha Omega Institute, and now I'll let him Go back where you left off.
2: As I look at the chemistry taking place in a human body, I mean, it is mind-boggling. Even the DNA and how that function is mind-boggling and complex. Whoever made us is boy beyond genius. So if he has this much power as we see on day four and this much intelligence as we see when he made life, is I mean, why question his word? Can God communicate with us clearly and understandably? Not a problem. It's us we
1: that have the problem. And the only opposing view is everything came from nothing and life evolved from rocks. And that's really couldn't be more diametrically opposed than those two statements. Right. The omnipotent God who's Mm -hmm. outside of time and space, who brings the universe into existence basically by speaking. And then the evolutionist idea that there is no God and everything started from nothing and produced everything is by blind random chance is about as unscientific as you can get.
2: And as I go through Genesis, as I'm teaching through Genesis, I go through the science and show why God had to make everything and why evolution doesn't work. Every day it shows us why evolution cannot happen and why everything had to be made by God. And so Genesis chapter 1 is full of science. I mean, it takes me, if I do my short version, it takes seven hours just to go through Genesis chapter 1. I mean, there's just that much science. People don't realize that there's that that much science. And we also take a look at it is Genesis has to be literal because it's too scientific to be allegorized or spiritualized. It is far too scientific. And so this is the way it has to happen because it fits in perfectly with what we see in science. And the
1: fact that the writing style is that of not of uh, allegory more yeah. of poetry, but of prose, of yeah, narrative. Narrative prose. So it's meant to be historical because it was written that way. Right.
2: And if you look at Genesis, it is probably the most accurate history book in all of mankind. If you look at how long these people lived, they can live that long. It's by studying genetics. It is basically studying genetics. We're programmed to live forever, but something went wrong, which I find interesting. I do a study on cloning and stem cells and so on, genetic engineering, which is both fascinating and concerning, but that's beside the point. Jolly's falling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like Adam lived to be nine. 930 years old. So basically, if you go from Adam, he there was nine generations all alive at the same time. And then you go through Methuselah, he lived to be 969 years old. Well, he died at the year of the flood. And you look at Seth, you go from Seth, Abraham was alive when Seth was still walking on this planet. Hmm. So basically, you, there's 12 generations. So basically, in three people, you can jump 2,000 years. It's like, it would be cool if we want to know about the American Revolution, Go ask George Washington. Yeah. He'd still, probably still be alive. You don't have to get this pseudo history. You can get it right from the guy who lived it. So that would be, you know, history is fascinating if you get the correct history because the way
1: things work. So by teaching the correct history, then you have a
2: better understanding of the, interpreting what you see in the world. Right. Because if this is not true, Adam would have been there to correct it. Methuselah would have been there to correct it. Seth would have been there to correct it. And so this is the most accurate history book. Or Noah, for that matter. And Noah. You yeah. lived for another 300 yeah. and some year, 30 years, 50 years. Right. Yeah, So I can't imagine just 12 generations of being alive all at the same time and getting correct history. And as I look in Genesis chapter two, you know, in my studies, and this also comes from Henry Morris too, you know, I have to credit him, is that I think a lot of this stuff in Genesis was written uh, long before Moses came on the scene, because everything that happens in Genesis happened a long time, some of it thousands of years before Moses comes on the scene. So where did he get all this information from? Right. Well, one is, of course, it's got inspired. But I believe, this is my study, through journals. When you read through Genesis, there's this phrase that's repeated the generation of, or the history of, or the record of, you know, heaven and earth, Adam, and so on. It's repeated through Genesis. No other book has that. Why? Here's my conclusion. Again, I have to credit Henry Morris on this. Is But in the Mesopotamia area, when they started uncovering these clay tablets, is they would have people writing into clay tablets and then they would have a signature. What it was, was a seal. There was at a kind of a cylinder and they rolled this seal. If they get done writing something, they rolled this seal. That was kind of like your signature. Because probably writing your name on a clay tablet would be difficult. I don't know. And so basically they had that seal. You know, this was written or whatever. This guy was responsible for this information. It's kind of like when we write a letter. When we write a letter, what do you put at the end? the letter your name why So the person who reads it knows this is who wrote the letter or is responsible for it. And they would do this in the Mesopotamia area for business documents and so on. Well, I'm going back to Genesis. The first one is in Genesis 2, 4a. It says this is the generation or the history or whatever of heaven and earth. And I'm thinking, well, heaven and earth doesn't have generation. So this is not, doesn't have offspring. So what's this going on? I'm thinking to myself, who's the only person in the universe (laughs) that has that much knowledge? Yes. And we
1: know that the Bible is true because it's never been scientifically proven wrong.
3: And for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salisdell, thanks for listening. And we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible.